0: You're listening to The Football Revolution.
1: Hello and welcome to The Football Revolution. I'm your host, Geo. Thanks for joining us. Plenty of A-League to talk about plus Socceroo action and much more. But first, welcome to my co-host, VIG. Hello, mate. How are you? Howdy. Very good. Did you play on the weekend? I did. Another 90 minutes? No, about 80. About 80. So even after a a big night out, a big wedding, you were able to play 90. But this week, what's the
2: tennis taking it out of you, watching the Australian Open? Yeah, a few few late nights watching the Open. Um, (laughs) No, you know, you look... Yeah, when you're one of the fittest in the team, you deserve a bit of a rest at the end of the game, don't you? Are you talking about me being the fittest in the Football Revolution team? Is that why you're looking at me? That's why I'm looking dead
3: (laughs) dead at you.
1: (laughs) Now the games are back, only if they need a little bit of extra motivation to never give up and keep fighting for the rest of the season. The A-League teams look no further than El Nino. What a champion.
2: What a champion. Yes. Yeah, fantastic game. Absolutely and, incredible, incredible game.
1: Isn't it go to show you the the power and the magic of, I suppose, not just fans but uh, of people when the game was absolutely dead and buried, you know, Medvedev was unstoppable. And then as soon as he did something where it swung the fans an extra 1% or 2% against him, that whole momentum changed and a guy that looked like he couldn't hit a, a, a bad shot couldn't hit a winning shot and El Nino just took that energy from the people and just
2: rose from the dead. Yeah, look, he, he was great. He um, Medvedev, I think it, it was it was the turning point was when he started uh, discussing with the umpires about the ball boy, um, not not passing the balls around, not even evenly distributing the balls between them. Um, and then once the crowd gets on your back, you know you know what Aussie crowds like, um, very very hard to to overturn. And uh, Rafa just rode the rode the wave, um, played some incredible shots. Um, I think I still read a stat that Medvedev had more winners and less unforced errors than Rafa in the whole match. But I think Rafa just played those the big shots at the, at the big times and, and got himself out of trouble. And um, that's, that's what a true champion does. Look, we're a football show, so I know we're talking about tennis, but the point I'm trying to get
1: at is the fact that we need to start getting fans back to the games. We need to start getting bums on seats at these games because it adds – not only to the atmosphere, but it gives the players a lift, and you get better quality of football because the players are trying to impress a uh, live audience. So, I think that's what I'm getting at here. We love our tennis, but uh, football is our number it, one sport, it, and that's what the show's about. It doesn't matter
2: what level of football you're playing; if there's people there watching you when you're playing, you you automatically lift. You go to another level. Um, you know, especially if you've got friends and family in the crowd, um, you want to do uh, the best you can, and you want to make them proud. FFA Cup, it's showtime this Saturday night as the Victory host the Mariners
1: for the right to win the season's first trophy on offer. Who are you favouring? Huge, huge game.
2: Um, look, I think Melbourne Victory will be favourites purely uh, based on their their squad and and their form at the moment. Surely but- not based on Jason
1: Davidson's hair. You're not basing it on that. Are you?
2: I'm interested to see what, what colour it turns out this week. It could be. Uh, Maybe he'll do it uh, gold to match the uh, cup or something like that. Oh, I'm not too sure. He needs some mirrors in his
1: house. I think that kid. He's going real well at the the uh, at the victory, but uh, I'm not sure what's going on with the hairdo.
2: Just, I don't know. <laughs> he must have a few buckets of paint around. Just All
1: right. So you're it. so you're jumping on my boys
2: the victory here for a win. Look, close game. I, I think victory are favourites, um, but you know I'm not going to write off the Mariners. Um, I don't know if Jason Cummings is available to play in, in the cup. I'm not too sure. But, um, you know, they, they, they played well against Sydney FC on the weekend, so I'm, I'm not writing them off. Yeah, look, we'll touch on that a little bit later in our Revolution Roundup, but he, he definitely
1: did add a little something new to the, the Mariners. Uh, not surprisingly, Carl Robinson's been told to get off the bus. Uh, as we've discussed before, COVID just delayed... Um, you know, just delayed him getting the boot and with the squad he has, second last is extremely poor, poor. nothing personal I think they should have done it earlier with all this COVID breakdown and Christmas rather than let him have a nice time, you know, pondering things over Christmas, it wasn't working out he's had time there, he's brought in some quality players, they had to make a change and Marco Rudin takes over the reign at the the Wanderers for the remainder of the season and uh, like I said, he's done it with the uh, Phoenix, he wasn't as successful with uh, Western United but I think they've given an opportunity to a guy who has shown he can coach, yeah,
2: definitely. Look, I, I said, I said Robbo had uh, he, he's played seven games, there's been seven games, one win, three draws, three losses. It's, it's just not good enough for a club of Western Sydney's stature and the kind of money and the, the calibre of, player. of players they've got and the money they've put into that club. Um, something drastic needs to happen there, you know. Yes, bringing uh Rudin in to coach for the rest of the season, yeah, great, you know, but something. Drastically needs to change at that club from the top down. Um, they need a, a complete overhaul. Whether it's an independent party comes in and and does a review, uh, but there's something there's something really bad at that at that club um, from a cultural perspective. And the fans deserve, deserve better. The players that are there deserve better, um, and, and they need to turn it around quick, smart, and it needs to start now. But it's a step in the right direction. Yeah.
1: All right, Socceroos defeat Vietnam 4-0. Amman to come on Wednesday. We're kind of getting to the stage where any mistakes and we'll be cruelly punished for it. We'll have to end up going through a a harder, uh, you know, path of qualification. So fingers crossed that uh, we get another result against Amman. Player escape room, we are joined by the all-whites next big thing in Wellington Phoenix rising star striker Ben Wayne in the know with Roy O returns later on in the show. And uh, it's time for my little uh, wrap or my little uh, review of the weekend games you ready for it let's do it western united give that little bit more raw help raw help robinson find the exit door sydney fought hard for a strong four-point return Nestori and hiroshi caused jets to crash and burn brilliant not bad very good i don't think i've got a career in uh, in rap or in music but uh look i try hard it's not too bad. <laughs> All right, so let's start, get stuck into our Revolution Roundup. So the first game was on Tuesday, the Big Blue. Uh, victory to Sydney FC 2, spoils shared in the Big Blue. What were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I thought it was a good
2: game of football. Uh, any game that has four goals in it, um, you know, back back and forth, uh, both teams going for the win, Um you know, we wanted, we wanted storylines leading into it. You know, Sydney FC have a few, a few players out uh, with, on national team duty. Um, victory coming off a bit of a break. We, we didn't really know what to, what to expect. Um, but I thought you know, Ben Falami was, was, was brilliant. And um, Rojas. Rojas was brilliant. Uh, nice assist for, for Falami's first goal. Isn't
1: it a bit scary with,
2: you know, you throw in Ag- D- D- Agostino? they've got a lot of firepower D- agostino, at their disposal. agostino Conor came on for Rojas, uh, Robbie Cruz came on and uh, got a goal for Lamy with the assist. Um, Look, whether and- or not you're a victory fan or not, I am,
1: you're not, but uh, it's like one of those things, right? When they're going well, it's an absolute asset to the league. Unless you're okay, if you're an opposition fan, maybe not so, but there's certain teams, Wanderers is another one, that need to be going well in the league to give that league that little bit of a, a buzz and that little bit of an extra, you
2: know, firepower. Can they can they be disappointed though, the victory after going two one up? Um, not to not to win that game. Yeah, their de- defending was a little pedestrian, though. So I
1: think the first one, unfortunately, friend of the show Jason Guerrier didn't clear properly, and then they were desperate to try and shut it down, but it was reactive, not proactive. So it was it was just not. Not up to his standard or the victory's standard of defending. And then uh, they let Bobo out jump them and score. So, look, I, I think they've got plenty of firepower. They just need to tighten things. It's not dam- damage control, it's not panic rooms. I just think that, uh, look, the, the big blue is a big derby. And so sometimes he just let the better of the occasion get to you. And I think that's what happened here. So I wouldn't be pressing the panic buttons, but aren't we very sport for riches when you look at, uh, you know, uh, Andrew Redmayne's away on national team duty in steps, uh, Thomas Howard Bell and, uh, pretty much they can thank, uh, they can thank him for leaving Victoria with a point. He saved uh, brilliantly to deny a brace from Falami. There was multiple saves. He was fantastic on the on, on the night. And uh, like I said, you know, Sydney have two keepers like that, which is is a lovely position to
2: have. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think if if Sydney came away with with a win out of that, um, you know, Tom Hewer Bell's done done brilliantly, but Ben Falami would be kicking himself as well because he's got to finish that. Um, but it is also a great save. Um, and then Falami comes back with the, with the assist later on to sort of rectify that mistake. But it, it, take nothing away from, from Hewitt bell great save. Um, but I think Falami would have been would have been disappointed that he didn't finish that.
1: I think uh, you go into the change rooms after the game, uh, into the Sydney change rooms, and on the board you just would have written character, right? They showed character to come back uh, from being 2-1 down against a very good side. So, look, there, there's I think at the moment they're they take one step forward, two steps back. But I think at the moment with basically all the players that Sydney have had in and out, you know, we've talked about it at great length, you know, with the the quality of players they have out. It's, look, it's a pass mark for them and and a good result. Uh, Moving on to the first of the two Saturday games, Western United versus Melbourne City. Look, unfortunately, uh, the game was stripped of multiple stars uh, due to international duty. So, uh, City had you know, pretty much control of the game, but badly missed. J-Mac, Tilio Metcalf, Lecky with the Aussies and Naboo. Uh, Glover did all he could, including expertly saving a well-taken penalty from D Magic, but it wasn't enough. In saying that, down the other end, human force field, uh, Jamie Young was also in fine form, but uh, Western United uh, ran out 1-0 win- winners over the champs thanks to uh, Lustica smacking home the winner.
2: Yeah, look, second time this season, uh, they've, they've beaten City 1-0, um, Solid team performance. Uh, Diamante was, was good. Uh, yeah, he missed, missed the penalty. Good, good save from, from Glover. Um, and at that stage, Melbourne City are probably thinking, you know, we're, we're still a chance here. We're still in this. Um, we, we can get something out of this game. Um, and then they sort of go to sleep a bit on off from the corner and uh, Lustica with a bit of a pole driver into, into the bottom corner. So, um, you know, well-deserved. I think United um, just sort of grounded out at the end, uh, held on. Um, and you know, go away with, with two wins against City now. Two look, Western
1: wins. United avoided back-to-back losses, you know, by by uh, by beating City one 0 But uh, look, you can only beat what you got in front of you, right? So, unfortunately for City, they were stripped to players because they're representing the country, which you know uh, is 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 something you can't avoid, unfortunately. But look, I think they'll be disappointed, City, with the way that they played, and they and they walk away with nothing. But it's hard to gauge their performance with the cattle they're missing, right?
2: Yeah, and it's another with with these you know, do we go back to, do we need to have international breaks for the A-League as well?
1: Yeah, look, I think if especially if you're going to have, and I think, you know, without uh, picking the weaker of the sports, I think the NRL does a good job of that where they try and look and see how many players are going to get kept picked in Origin and they give those teams the week off. Some teams might have no players, right, and they'll all be sitting at home watching the Socceroos game and then they're back on the field. But someone like City who's absolutely stripped of, of top quality, it's not fair. I know it gives opportunities to younger players, but for fans, yeah. I think for you also your aspirations for, you know, winning silverware, it might come back and hurt you. So yeah. if you're reward, with players getting the opportunity to represent your country and get rewarded with that. I think your team needs to be looked after a little bit. But look, I know it's a juggling act and with COVID, it's, it's really it's difficult. Quite difficult. at the moment. So at the moment, it's it's kind of like trying to line everything up and it's not always going to fit. So it, it is what it is. Moving on to the second of the Saturday games, Brisbane Raw 3, Wanderers 0.
2: Freddie Krueger's nightmare. Just absolute disaster for the war- Wanderers. So um, Raw
1: finally dropped the axe on Robinson. It um, Looking at the lineups... In no universe do the Raw win three 0 Yeah, <laughs> where Neptune, Pluto? Honestly, no. go go out into the uh, the greater depths of uh, Marvel and, and and see and go out into one of their universes. In, you look at the team lineups,
2: Brisbane. No you, disrespect. You look at the bench for the Wanderers: Abini, Agawa, Antonis, um, all all came on. Um, you know, started. They 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 should be starters at, at most clubs. Um, Sad facts, right?
1: Scored one less goal, this is Raw, scored one less goal than the opening seven games combined against against the, uh, the Wanderers. We
2: spoke about they were in a goal drought. Yep.
1: Yep. And could have been seven or eight. Absolutely appalling from the Wanderers. Um, and and look, this is not a criticism of him, but uh, the Raw looked a lot better without Lascano. Yeah, look. That's the one thing that didn't happen for them is that if he got on the score sheet, every, all the stars would have aligned and it would have been a great day for them. But he's now been on the bench, I think, the last two weeks. Even though they lost 3-1 to Adelaide, who are in good form and they've t- taken care of the Wanderers now who are struggling, they looked a lot better with um, Akari. Mila I, I think Akari. was. Akbari was up front with um, Jay O'Shea, Jay O'Shea yep. and then he had Milan on the, oh, on the, the left, on the flank. So yep. unfortunately for Lesgano, unless he can start finding where the back of the net is, I think he'll, he'll He's, know he more where the bench spot. is than where yep. the back of the net is. That's, that's the, the sad facts. Yeah, for him he'll be the on
2: the, he'll be on the pine. And Mila, Uznich could have had a, he could have had a hat trick in the first half, I think. Um, you know, he, he's probably shaking his head going, well, why don't I walk away with a match ball? Look, the, the only positive, I suppose, for the Wanderers is they start now with a coach
1: who's got a good record in the A-League, Marco Rudin, and you can't go any lower. So he can only improve the performances. He can only – you know, he's, he's – okay, he's played at Sydney FC, he's coached at the Phoenix, he's coached at Western United, but he is a – a Western boy, you know, he yeah. he played for United for long periods of time. So this is a club that's close to his heart. So hopefully he can start to instill some sort of uh, fight and mongrel because they look so pedestrian against Brisbane who, let's be honest, have found it really difficult to break down teams. And it's not like they've created lots of chances and they've been missing. Some games they're lucky if they create one or two chances and you've gone out there and every time they touch the
2: ball, it looked like they could possibly score. Yeah, look, they looked like a team that had had no faith in, in the coach and, and once the coaches lost the dressing room, um, you know, there's, there's no turning back from that. And, um, you know, rightly so we've seen, we've seen Robo get sacked um, a day later. So, um, you know, look, w- the Wanderers need to, need to turn this around. They need, they need to do it quick. But in saying that they've got a squad that's capable of, of doing that, of turning, turning this around and playing good football. They, they just need to be uh, guided in the right way. And I think the club from a top down needs, from the top down needs to be um, needs to be looked at. Some, put, something needs to happen. Put there. yourself in in the co- the coach's
1: shoes. Coming in, Marco Rudin. If that was you or I, you're rubbing your hands together. You're looking at Tom Ahmed. You're looking at Jack Rodwell. You're looking at Dimi Petrados. You're looking at Terry Antonis. You're looking at the quality. Uh, you know, you've got or all, all, Troisi. You've got so many guys that you just you, you Garkovic. Yeah. It's absolutely, absolutely embarrassing of riches, but yeah. at the moment. Whatever happened, whether he's a good coach, bad coach, they weren't uh, working under Robinson. They didn't look like they were playing for Robinson. So Marco Rudin now gets a good chance and he doesn't come in and take over a side that's got no players that he has to rebuild. He's got players here to start getting results. He does, he does. But with that with that squad comes pressure as well. It does. Yeah, but so I'd much rather have pressure of having a good squad that's underperforming than have, than have a rubbish squad that I have to try and work magic with and get them overperforming. Yeah, absolutely. So it wasn't all bad news for the Sydney clubs. So uh, on the Sunday, the first of the two Sunday games, Sydney FC out 3-2 winners over the Mariners. Some would say they get a little bit of revenge for the 2-0 league defeat back in December and the FFA cut uh, semi-final loss. But uh, the probably the main thing I, I would have taken out of the game is you would have been mistaken for thinking return of the King Mustafa was supposed to be the replacement for Bratz. But uh, I don't think Casiris read, read that. I think he had a different script in mind. He is absolutely stood up and he is on
2: absolute fire at the moment. He is on fire. Like we said... He's added goals to his game. Um, he's never never been a renowned goal scorer, but, uh, you know, this season, he's probably on five five or five, I think, now this season, four or five. But you can
1: tell a player who's
2: got, confidence, got confidence with his penalties he's, because he's striking oh. these
1: balls and it look like they're only going one place.
2: Look, that penalty was, past was, the keeper. was always going past the keeper. There was no way the keeper was saving that. Um, and, and Birighetti's a, a good goalkeeper, one of the best in the league. And good penalties. shot and stopper he's, too. he's very good at penalties as well. So, you know, Caceres has hit that. Great technique. Um, you know, it's hit the side of the net pretty much. Um, no no keeper in world football is probably saving that penalty. And look, it's not all doom
1: and gloom for the Mariners. It was a sublime finish from uh, Buzanik, who just seems to be getting better and better uh, up onto the central coast. And uh, Scottish international Cummings with a quality finish on Debu. I think he could prove to be a very smart signing. He offered something totally different to any other player that uh, currently is wearing the Mariners jersey. And if you put that alongside Marco Llorena, who's one of the smartest players in football, in my opinion, not just in the A-League, they could have a really deadly duo.
2: Yeah, cunning Cummings, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's got, he's got X factor. Uh, he's a bit of a mongrel. He'll put his body in places that some other players w- won't. Um, you know he's played. He's played for some big clubs in some big games in in, in Scotland uh, and in the UK. Um, you know he, he's out here to prove a point. He, in his head, he wants to play for the Socceroos. He's he said that. He's openly stated that he's come out here to put himself on, on the radar. Um, and you know if he if he does if he keeps scoring goals or you know if he if he scores a, a hatful for the rest of the season. Um, you know he's doing the same thing that what what James McLaren, McLaren's doing in in the A League. So uh, why shouldn't he be um, you know put up in in, in uh, why why shouldn't his name be put in the put in the box for uh, selection for the Socceroos? Look, I know it might be I might be a broken record, but I think
1: uh, after this game too. Bimby walks in and writes on the board against character, character building. Fight back from Sydney yep. to score two goals in the last 20 minutes. Uh, for yep. the Mariners now, they look on to uh, an exciting uh, now occasion cup for final. them, cup final for them against the victory on the Saturday. And moving to the second Sunday game and the last game of the round, which was the Jets one, Adelaide 2 I think the Jets will be devastated conceding two goals in the final few minutes after dominating the game. I think they had 61% possession, but it looked like a team that is underdone. And I don't think you can blame Arthur Pappas or the squad. Unfortunately, they haven't played in a long period of time. You can't set like you can a preseason because you know you've got eight weeks or six weeks or two weeks to get ready. You might be playing, think you're playing on a, a this week and you don't play for three weeks because each week you keep getting cancelled and you only find out just before. So you have to prepare like... You are going to play. So I think the run will definitely do the Jets the world of good. I think uh, they look like a, a, a pretty competent side for the first 70, for, 70 for,
2: minutes. Up until up until Adelaide made some subs uh, for the first maybe 60, 65, 70 minutes, um, they were in total control, Newcastle. Um, Adelaide didn't have a sniff. Um, you know, at the end of the day, they just ran out of legs, Pure, purely match fitness. They haven't played for a while. Um, we saw the same thing happen to Perth glory when they, when they hadn't played for a couple of weeks and they came back. Um, It took them a week, uh, a game to get back into it. And then they went on and won their next game. Um, Same. I'm feeling the same sort of uh, situation with, with Newcastle Um, uh, for 70 minutes. They'll, they'll the better team. Um, And then the subs for Adelaide really made the difference. Um, Josh Cavallo came on great assist. Uh, The young kid in the story, Aaron Kunda, like, you know, the ball's on him to, to grab that ball and, and step up and, and take that free kick and, and put it in the back of the net. Uh, his, his was the choice. meal deal,
1: wasn't it? He equalised with a free kick, then a flip, and then uh, he, he was he was fantastic in the, in the after-game uh, interview as well. He was just really honest and open. I was playing under-15s and now I'm playing in the A-League. So yeah. he he was an absolute uh, breath, breath of fresh, fresh air, but also Hiroshi seals the deal, comes
2: off the bench again. The guy just knows Ibasuke. where the back of the net is. Yeah, look, he, he's a... He's a bit of a proven goal scorer, I think, so you put it on a plate for him and he's and he's going to finish and, and Cavale put a, a beautiful ball into the box um, on a plate and he finished. Yeah, look, I,
1: I have to admit I'm absolutely loving it at the moment. He's not only a fantastic find but a bright light in the league. The big M, Tatsi. He is
2: he's something else, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's a great footballer, um, complete footballer, um, can, can assist... And, and now I think he's, he's playing a bit higher. He's not, not coming so far deep to, to pick up the ball because um, the Jets, they want him there to score goals and he, and he can, you know, if he gets himself in, in good position, he will score. So um, he's, he's been a great great asset to the league. What did you make of uh, the Jets' new signing, Savas
1: C. Travanis? Yeah, not too the bad. The first time Look, we got to see him and I, he had a good chance early on and he went to hit it with the outside of the foot and I think uh, he confused his inside of his foot with his outside and it went out for pretty much a, a, a throw-in, I think. But he got himself in a few good positions. So do you yeah. think he's going to add something to the Jets' attack?
2: Hard to, hard to judge. Don't know if he's if he's quite match fit. Um, so he came off at halftime for uh, Sammy Silvera. So um, tough tough to judge on that on that first 45 for me.
1: Yeah, look, I think uh, the Jets will only get better but, uh, uh, you know, with an extra run, run under their belt. But I think for Adelaide at the moment, I, I'm, I'm super impressed because they keep having changes. They're bringing in 15-year-olds. They've got a guy who's only just got off the plane from Japan and he's scoring goals. So Carl Viet has guys. And, and sometimes it's just not about being match-ready or match-fit. It's about working for the coach or working for the club or working for the jersey you're playing in. And, and, and I've said, you know, I said it uh, you know, before, if, if you – I want to be there for the right reasons you'll find a way of getting something out of a game so that was the end of our round that was the end of our revolution roundup. um up after the break we welcome to the player escape room wellington phoenix young gun superstar ben wayne
0: you're listening to the football revolution
1: up now in the player escape room is a young man who is a future star of the all whites with the football world at his feet please welcome to the show wellington phoenix young gun ben wayne g'day mate welcome to the show how are you? Mate, all good here, and uh, we just really appreciate you making the time to come on the show. So it's been a few weeks since uh, your last league game, which was New Year's Day against Adelaide, and we won't talk about the result because it wasn't great for Phoenix fans. But in between, you've had a great win versus City in the Cup. What have you been up to since then? Oh, um,
3: yeah, geez. We've had a couple of COVID quarantines. Um in between that, trying to train where we can when we've got a, enough people to form a training and then a bit of golf, I guess. I the the boys are into, the, into their golf so we get a good group of lads together and play, played a couple of rounds recently.
1: So you're into the golf too? Yeah, yeah,
3: I'm are enjoying you, it. Are you a good golfer? I will not say I'm a good golfer, no. I struggled. <laughs> I've struggled recently. So
1: you're a bit of a hack and you, and you carry around a lot of sand. Is that what you're telling me?
3: Yeah, yeah, but I do play with Ben and He's a bit, of a, a bit of a prodigy, they call him.
1: Okay, so who's the best golfer in the, in the club?
3: It is pretty even between Ben Old and Gary Hooper. I think they play the same handicaps. I think Hoops won the other day, so go with him.
1: So, mate, uh, I'm guessing the ideal Christmas present for you would have been uh, luggage, the way you guys are going. I think you're travelling <laughs> every, every other week. So, um, did you have a nice Christmas, New Year, and were you able to maybe let your hair down a little bit considering there wasn't as many games on, or if you still had uh, the whip, whip in hand?
3: No, we still we still had training on Christmas Day, but... I mean, it's always tough being away from family. Um, but Josh Laws' the family actually put on a Christmas lunch and dinner for us out in out in Bronte, so we had a good good group of lads out there and spent a bit of time away from football and just you know relaxed and like you said, let the hair down. So It was nice.
1: Mate, I know it's tough being away from family, but it could have been a lot worse. Places being at Bronte, nice beach and uh, beautiful weather. It could it could have been a lot worse. So uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think you, you got a pretty lucky draw there.
3: Yeah, no, definitely.
1: So, mate, it's been a, a tough start to the season for you guys with only one win and one, one draw. Uh, even though your cup form has been really good, you've been scoring, you slotted a pen in the shootout win against City. Does that give you guys confidence going into the cup semi against victory and also when the uh, league re- re- resumes this weekend?
3: Yeah, I think so, definitely. Um, I think our cup run shows what we can actually do when we, when we play the way we're meant to, you know, play the way that Offi sets us out to play. And when we actually get stuck into a game and fight for the fight for that result, I don't know whether if it's just because it's a one off game, it's a bit more a bit more like that. But I don't see any difference between that and the league. And I think we can really pick up our form in the league, just going off how we batted away against Melbourne City.
1: I was going to ask that. So, you know, I, I sort of compare them to being like cricket. You know, the, the league is a test match and uh, and the, the cup's sort of like a big bash or something where you go in there. Is there a, a, a distinct difference is in the way that you guys prepare? You know, does Oofy prepare differently for cup games or the league? Or is it just turning out at the moment you guys seem to be the cup specialists? And while you are struggling in the league that, uh, you know, your cup form is just great because of the fact that you're going out there and, and it seems to be good on the night?
3: Yeah, no. We set up to do the same thing. Um, we treat it the same. A League and FFA Cup. I mean, obviously there's different different results. I mean, you lose in the FFA Cup and you're out in the league. It's not quite the same. But I think the good thing I will say is that having an A League game, perhaps where we didn't perform, and then having a quick turnaround with the FFA Cup, has been a really good thing for us because we can put a few things to bed and you know change change what we need to change. So hopefully once that league, once the league does restart, we can we can really kick on.
1: Look, uh, talking about the cup, I know you're a busy man, but is there any chance I can reach out to Jamo and see if uh, maybe you give him some penalty lessons? You've uh, you've tucked yours away easily. His first <laughs> one is still going. I think it's into orbit. And his second one, I know Polson's pulled off some absolute cracker saves, but uh, after you've missed your first one, surely you make sure you get your second.
3: Honestly, I can't say anything. I missed my first one as well. I know I scored my second, but no, I, I feel from penalties are, penalties are a tough thing. And obviously at the end of the day, somebody's got to miss. So yeah.
1: Mate, you've represented New Zealand at under 20s and under 23 level and your form has uh has been really really good. Has this earned a call from All Whites coach Danny Hay?
3: Um no not that I know of, which is which is fine by me. I'm just going to keep working away and doing what I can to try and try and prove that I, w- I can be in that All Whites squad. There's a lot of lot of good players and I obviously want to be want to be in there and playing with players like Winston and Chris Wood and stuff. So I'll just keep working
1: away. Mate, I'm not as modest as you. I I think he should definitely have given you a call. I don't know what he's bloody waiting for, but uh, I might have to send him a message or something and say, look, you know, you've got you've got a young superstar ready to go. You know, I know Chris Wood's just moved to Newcastle, but he'll probably be distracted with that. He better start getting the young players <laughs> through. So I won't mention that uh, this came from you, but I definitely feel he should be giving you a call and getting you the squad ASAP. No, oh, thank you. Mate, so I know last season you did lose some quality players, so obviously with Davia moving to Bulls and, and so on, but uh, obviously with players leaving, it gives more opportunities for the young players. Uh, what's it been like, I suppose, and, and you've taken your, you, you've taken that chance with both hands, what's it like playing up front with a classy player like Golden Balls, David Ball?
3: <laughs> no, I love him to bits. Um, I, even last year when I started playing more often, me and him seem to form quite a quite a good connection on the field and I do really enjoy, you know, when I when I see both our names in that starting lineup because I know I know what we can do on the field and we both have the, the same kind of principles which is, you know, the work rate comes first and you know the rest will follow. I mean, off the field he's a top guy as well and it, I think that probably helps with forming the connection on the field. But yeah, no, it is really, really cool. Heaps of advice and, and experience.
1: But we are definitely uh, big fans of, uh, of Borley, and uh, we just hope he, you don't turn into, at the moment, it looks like father and son out there sometimes, and uh, I'm just hoping you don't follow and get the tats and that. We love everything else about him, but uh, like I said, if you don't have them already, I think we'd tell you steer clear of those, and, uh, <laughs> and like I said, you can copy as much of the other things as you like but let's just steer, steer clear of the tats. Yeah, I think my mum would
3: say the same.
1: <laughs> All right, mate, so uh, last year you knocked back uh, an offer from Coventry and there was other chasers that uh, were very interested in you as well. What made you stay at the Phoenix?
3: For me, I see a lot of people going overseas, and this is my opinion, that whether it's, whether it's theirs or not, maybe too soon, and you see quite a few players coming back to the A-League. For me, my obviously it was a very tough decision, but my decision around that was based on uh, I've done well one season, but can I back that up and prove to myself that yes, I actually deserve to, not just a one if I deserve, do deserve to go? And in that thinking as well, I'm going to go for a long time. I don't want to go and kind of, you know, come back and forth. Obviously, I love the A League, but, you know, I don't want to come back and forth. I'd love to go play my football in Europe and then at the end of my career come back. And that that's my main thinking behind that. And I know it's not going to be easy because there's a lot of added pressure with that. And Uh, teams will be looking out for me a bit more but I think that's part of the that's part of the challenge in developing as a player and that's something that I think I need to be able to deal with before I actually move away
1: Mate, I, look, I'm, I'm totally with you on that one. I, I feel sometimes the players here, I know it's very tempting and you, and you sometimes may feel that it's the only chance you'll ever get, but you don't want your CV being came here, loan back again, back again, you know, travelling across and getting your frequent flyer points up. You want to make sure when you go to the leagues, whichever yeah. league it be, whether it be England or whether it be Germany or France or wherever, that you're there for a good long stint and you, you do the best you can in your football. You get yourself as many caps as you can, earn as much money as you can and then come home at the end of it. You don't want to be travelling back and forwards all the time, you know, so... But I think you've done the right thing, and I think it's great for the league. And look, I'm realistic in the fact that uh, we love watching you play every week here in the A-League, but there's going to be a time when you leave and go overseas, and the only difference is we'll be watching you over there, and someone new will come in and we'll start supporting them here as well. So I think, mate, we can't be greedy. We've just got to take as, as, you know, as much as we can get of the best players we can, and then when they move on, we wish them all the best, and then we cheer on someone new. Yeah, yeah. All right, mate, so uh, you've you've passed your, uh, your intro with Flying Colours. Are you ready to play the first of our two games, which is Lock, Stock and Three Smoking Balls?
3: Yeah, okay, let's do it.
1: All right, if you could sign one player from the A-League to join you at the Wellington Phoenix, who would it be?
3: Wow, that's a good question. Craig Noon.
1: Craig Noon. Okay, why?
3: Yeah. I don't know. It's just something, uh, when I watched him playing for City last year, I just liked the way he plays. Very, very direct and gets a lot of crosses in and... It's very attacking. I,
1: you know, I just like the way he plays. Yeah, I thought he I thought he was fantastic. I would have said he would have been in the top few players last year. And you know, I know City are star studded, but uh, for them to let him go has been a massive pick up for the Bulls. And uh, obviously, being yeah. a striker too, the quality of the balls he's putting in the box, an extra five yeah. or six goals on your tally wouldn't hurt either, would it?
3: <laughs> no,
1: it wouldn't. All right, mate. If you could change one FIFA rule, what would it be? I think
3: uh, VAR for me. I think VAR was the handball rule. The handball rule, I don't even understand sometimes. It just seems like it changes every year, to be honest. Yeah, that one for me.
1: Does somebody try and explain it to you guys? Do you have like a session where you sit down, they try and explain the handball rule to you or you guys are just flying blind at the
3: moment? Yeah, I mean, and we're meant to at the start of the season have like a run through of the new rules with the referees. But yeah, I don't know. For me, it just seems to constantly change. It's hard to keep up with.
1: It's, hard, it's almost as hard to keep up with the distance rule or, you know, with, uh, with COVID. One minute they're saying you can go four metres, three metres, two metres. Then you can go in with a mask, no masks. So, yeah, look, I think if, if uh, COVID, as bad as it's been, has shown the, the league's anything, you need to get your rules clear and straight. So even if the fans don't understand, at least the players know what they're doing.
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: All right, mate. And the last question in uh, Lock, Stock and Three Smoking Balls is, if you could beat any person for one day, who would it be? Ronaldo. Anyone, so all right, you could have been the Pope, you could yeah, have been a rock right. star, you want no. to be Ronaldo.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: All right, mate, you just got to stay on the path you're going. That's all. So at the moment, <laughs> pretty much all you need to do is just keep being Ben Wayne and keep heading on that trajectory into the sky that you are.
3: Sweet. No, it sounds good to me.
1: The good thing is at least you you understand the work involved. My uh, my ten year old is uh, playing in the uh, for Sydney Olympic here in the uh, in the MPL youth leagues, and uh, he thinks he just turn up. And you t- become Ronaldo as good as look. He's got he's got a lot of talent, but uh, he thinks you play FIFA, you watch Ronaldo, and you turn up and you play. So at least you're you're more equipped to know what Ronaldo needs, what you need to do to be Ronaldo. <laughs> but uh, maybe I might have to get and give you a call
3: sometime. Uh, good on him. All
1: right, mate. So moving into our second game, as I explained to you uh, a few of the rules off air, this is our version of the card game uh, Uno. We call it Nuno. Uh, I won't explain why we have, but uh, there is some players in the league that uh, are named Nuno as well as some famous coaches around the world. So the idea of this game is we'll ask you seven questions, two options for each question. You just pick which one is most applicable to you. Um, And when you get to the end of the sixth question, you call out Nuno. Otherwise, we'll hit you with some penalty questions. I like you, so I don't want to hit you with any, so make sure you call out Nuno <laughs> at the end of the sixth question. <laughs> we will also be timing to see uh, how long how long it takes you. To be honest, it's more about uh, quality now than it is about quantity. So the current uh, leader on the leaderboard is Christian Theo Harris from uh, Western United. I think it's 25.17 seconds is his current time. But like I said, we're more worried about quality touches than we are about touches on the ball. Okay. All right, you ready to roll? Yeah,
3: let's do it.
1: All right, here we go. Start question number one. Sand or snow? Sand. Home cooking or Uber Eats? Home cooking. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Follow your head or your heart? Heart. Comedy or action movies? Comedy. Messi or Ronaldo? I think I know the answer to this.
3: Yeah, Ronaldo, no.
1: <laughs> okay, and last one, coffee or tea? Coffee. 27 seconds. Not bad, mate. Not bad wow. at all. All right, so let's retre- let's backtrack on a few of these. Comedy over action movies. What's your favourite comedy movie?
3: Favourite comedy movie. To be honest, I know this might be... Not a common one, but I'm a big fan of Austin Powers.
1: Okay, yeah, I love Austin Powers, especially. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I think I don't know if it's number three or something. When Goldmember's in, but he says he'll farger. So I've used that quite a few <laughs> times on my son. It goes way over his head, and he doesn't understand what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, it is absolute quality. I, I'm a big fan too. What's the last one you watched?
3: It actually might be Goldmember. I went through a phase of just rewatching them again because my parents <laughs> brought me up watching them.
1: Okay. Yeah, fantastic. Are you uh, a big fan of Netflix? Do you Are you watching anything on Netflix at the moment?
3: Yeah, I just finished Afterlife with Ricky Gervais.
1: Is that season three?
3: Season three, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that.
1: Look, I'm halfway through it, but uh, what I've found, and, and you'll probably tell me what, uh, you know, obviously what you like and you don't like, but I just find some of these characters now with these crude jokes and that are going way off track.
3: I know, yeah, it is pretty out there. I'm not going to lie.
1: Look, I know it. I know it's hard when you. you the main, the main thing is Ricky Gervais' character missing his wife and that, and for two seasons you do that, and then you have to bring in something new. But some of the bits now, when they're they're doing things, I'm just sitting there going, "Oh God," you know. But uh, I heard the that the, the season uh, end number six season uh, episode six is fantastic. So uh, I'll touch base with you again once I uh, when I've watched that.
3: Yeah, sounds good.
1: Alright, so Ronaldo. I know you want to be Ronaldo, and uh, at least for a day, and uh, both fantastic players. Why Ronaldo? What do you like so much about him?
3: Okay, for me, I think Messi's probably like one of the best players in the world, technically, but just from what I see about Ronaldo and, and how he kind of grew up and what he went through, and just obviously he's like the epitome of what hard work can do for you. And that commitment. So, I mean, yeah, that's another reason that I wanted to be him for a day, just to actually see what, what it would take to be him.
1: Yeah, look, I, uh, I'm i a big fan and I think both players are absolute quality. But, uh, yeah, look, it's, it's hard to go past either at the moment, but uh, I did put you on the spot. And, uh, yeah, look, at the moment, uh, he's not going as well as he can, but, uh, you know, the runs are on the board. Yeah. Home cooking, yeah. you went for over Uber Eats. Are you a bit of a chef? Can you
3: cook? I can... I can do alright I'm not too bad I'm still I'm still getting there But yeah Can't beat mum and dad's cooking That's hey,
1: for sure COVID's probably done you a favour though Because if you were still at home They'd oh, be yeah. cooking all the time You've had to obviously Have a bit of a crack yourself now If if you had to make something now To impress someone Whether it be Uffy Or a girl or something What would you What's your go-to <laughs> dish? What would you What would you have a crack at now?
3: My go-to's A pasta dish Like a Carbonara Or even We had gnocchi last night So Something okay. like that Yeah
1: Who's your roommate?
3: Uh Callan Elliott.
1: Okay, so uh, so I see you see so you cook for the both of you last night. Do you take turns, or do, do you win by default? How does that work?
3: Uh, usually we take turns, but last night we kind of we both helped out because was the first time we'd we'd made that dish. But I tell you what, he's actually a, probably one of the better cooks. Yeah, on the team, I'd say.
1: Okay, and this wasn't one of the questions, but I, I'd I'd like to ask you. So, how are new boys uh, settling in? I know you've got two two new lads that have joined the squad. Uh, how's things going with them?
3: Yeah, so no, they're going all right. Uh, Gail arrived late December and Scotty just arrived the other day. But no, they seem to be integrating well. Um, obviously, Gail didn't really know many people, but he was um, quite, he played with Uli DeVere back in Mexico. So we had that kind of connection with him. So I think he's would get along with quite a few of the boys well. And Scotty, I think, knows Hoops quite well and used to play with Borley. So. Yeah, they've been in for a, well, Scotty a couple of days, Gail for a couple of weeks.
1: But, yeah, no, they seem to be coming in nicely. Scotty's got a nice CV, doesn't he? He's had his youth football at Liverpool and uh, United. He's played for Leeds. So, yeah. uh, you know, like I said, he's he's, da- he's done enough to, uh, to for, for, I suppose, Wellington fans to be excited. And if you've played alongside De Villa, you, you're pretty handy too. Yeah. No agreed. So what's uh what's the plan now? Going now that you like I said, you're into a, a cup final and you're also uh the season's about to start again, uh, this weekend. What's the short term goals? What's the plan?
3: For me personally or is the, the Yeah,
1: team? personally for you, my friend.
3: Personally for me, is just uh, trying to be in a spot and that starting eleven. Um do as much as I can to help the team whether that's through, you know. Doing all the running or scoring goals, setting up goals um honestly couldn't couldn't care less, but yeah, I think that's just a big thing for me, just being able to cement the spot and then and then build into the rest of the season as long as as long as we're doing well as a team.
1: It's right, a uh, brilliant way to end this. So, uh, look, once again, thank you so much for uh, coming on the Football Revolution. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. I don't think it'll be very long until uh, you do get a call from uh, the All Whites to say we'd love to give you your first cap. And uh, in the meantime, we hope you keep banging in the goals for the Phoenix and keep some of those older boys at bay as much as I like the hoops and the ball. You're the future of uh, of Wellington and the future of the All, the, uh, all Whites as well. Um, like I said, keep a focus on Ronaldo. But at the moment, I think uh, Ben Wayne's just fine. So uh, keep going the way you're going. But uh, thanks once again. And we'd love to check in with you again later in the year. No,
3: thanks, sir. I love that.
0: You're listening to the Football Revolution.
1: Up now, we welcome back to the show our uh, super co-host and uh, new, new father, uh, Roy O, for our segment known as In the Know with Roy O. G'day, big fella. How you doing?
0: Hi, guys. Greatly back with you again
1: mate uh, how's things going you look beautifully refreshed so i don't know what your secret is to having a new uh, little born addition to the family betsy but you look like you're a million bucks and it looks like you're sleeping more than we are
0: i'm doing great i'm, I'm using a very good moisturizer to keep my skin looking new and uh, yeah my in-laws are here as well and they're taking the load off us with the sleeping patterns and the feeding and stuff in the evening so uh, we're very lucky
1: so mate uh, everyone thinks that maybe the games have been rescheduled because of COVID. I think maybe because your football royalty, they were trying to delay the games to give you a chance to uh, be able to look after the little one and get yourself, uh, you know, a, a few weeks under your belt before you I can start so. the games I, again. Is that true? I
0: think that, I think there's so much money in Sydney Olympic at the moment. Now they've rearranged everything just to give me time to come back to preseason. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been, yeah, it's been a strange Christmas, New Year's period. No f- football. It's uh it's kind of you feel like the, the A leagues have kind of missed it, a trick there, um, not having their players in the bubble. You know, Yeah, I think a lot, it looked kind of unprofessional. There were so many games missed, really. Yeah, that that'll be my opinion on it. But uh, anyway, it was good to see this weekend they've gone back out there and some plenty of goals scored, a bit of excitement.
1: So I know you've got a bit of family out here at the moment with you. So I'm guessing you had a great Christmas and it gave you a chance to recharge.
0: Yeah, the great Christmas. Uh, really enjoyed it. My my, in, as I said, my in-laws were here, and uh, I enjoyed their company. They're not the outlaws. Uh, I do enjoy <laughs> their company. Uh, my young lad got a trampoline for Christmas, and I thought I was seventeen again. Uh, for about half an hour, till I put my back out for ten days. So I've been walking around like the old man I am since. So, um, yeah.
2: How, how long did it take you to put that thing up? I I paid a guy.
0: So not oh, very long at yeah, got all. A, a, a man came and done it. A
2: real man, not,
1: not like me, not a fake, not a fake. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. So as uh, Ante now added that into your uh, extra clause into your contract: no trampolines, no jet skiing. Is that? Uh, I think
0: my, I take my wife has because I can't. I can barely <laughs> pick the baby up for a few days, so she's
1: she can't be having that. Mate, uh, your, your Olympic great white hope of uh, bringing some silverware home this uh, this year. So I think they need to make sure that they uh, wrap you in cotton wool. So no more fun activities for you. All right.
0: No problem.
1: All right, mate. So let's uh, fire a couple away at you and uh, get your thoughts on some of the things that's been happening in the league and around the league. So your thoughts on the uh, 33% sale of the league to Silver Lake, the uh, investors for $140 What should they do with the investment?
0: Yeah, look, it's no secret. Football in this country needed an injection of cash, uh, and they've got it now. I suppose from a business perspective, it it makes their A-League licences a little bit more, you know, um, expensive moving forward, more value to the clubs in that regard. But really and truly, now the money needs to go to the clubs quick. I don't think they've got it in time. If I'm looking at the transfer window and the lack of signings in the A-League, I think they need the the money because, you know, all the COVID cancellations, the empty stadiums, because of people's anxiety of going to grounds at the moment. Um, The clubs probably are suffering in their back pocket, but, You know, long term, I think we need um, purpose-built stadiums, football stadiums. We need clubs need their own training ground, their own training bases to compete, you know, and and move football forward. And ultimately, re-engagement with the fans, supporters is what it's all about. Uh, And to do that, as we touched on previously off-air, it needs a bit more advertising and a bit more marketing. Um, It's very easy at this moment in time to miss an A-Leagues match, uh, I feel. Uh, I'm not a big guy for, for social media. Uh, I'll watch the news. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be listening to the radio in the car. I'm not hearing, I'm hearing a little bit, but I'm not hearing enough A-leagues. You know, and that's, my, that's where I would be putting the money. I think uh, really remarket, rebrand the league like they have done, but really emphasize the point you now after all these cancellations over the Christmas period.
1: So if you had your way, rather than the league, I suppose, go and spend the money on behalf of the clubs, would you go along the lines of what Robbie Slater's has come out and said is that you'd give, say, $5 million each to each of the clubs and say go out and start getting some marquees, start getting some, you know, some, some silver signings, some gold signings, some star players that you know mm. add some stardust and some star power to the league? Is that what you do? you go out and give it to each of the clubs?
0: It's certainly a percentage of it. I, I think we've been down that road before in the A-League where they'll get the $5 million and it all goes into the playing stuff. And ultimately, two or three years later, when those players are are gone, retired, or gone back to wherever they're from, you're still in the same situation. Uh, I'll give an example of Newcastle Jets. They don't own their training ground. They don't st- own their stadium. They can't make money long term, you know, unless they fill that stadium, which, you know, it's not a regular thing. Unless you're winning every single game, you're getting finals. It's not a regular thing. And I'm just I'm just using. Newcastle Jets, because it's where I live, you know. But um, yeah, certainly percentage, get some players in, as you said, sprinkle a bit of star quality into the mix. There's there's certainly a lack of characters throughout the league this year, on and off the park. They could do it a bit of, um, you know, a bit something to spice that up. But ultimately, long term, as boring as it sounds, they need to re engage the fans and they need, from a business model point of view, grow their football clubs in the long term.
2: The beauty, we we touched before on the stop start nature of the league so far this season. How hard is it for a player to, to, to you know play one game, then have two weeks off, play another game um, with all the postponements? How how hard is it to, to find a rhythm?
0: Exactly. It's a great point, and that's exactly it. It's, it's it's very difficult. It's great for players that were struggling with injuries and need a bit of time. That bought them five or six weeks there for a few teams that they can say, right. I can get this hamstring or this groin sorted out and really just take some time off and have some Christmas with my family. But if you're a goal scorer, for example, and you're in red-hot form, you want to be playing two or three games a week. You don't want to be waiting five weeks when you're on a you know, you're know, a red-hot streak. So, um, yeah, it's been, you know, you would say it's been difficult for a lot of teams. And um, again, you watched a few of the games yesterday. Adelaide, in the last 20 minutes, looked like a fitter and sharper team. Than Newcastle Jets were, but in the first seventy minutes, Newcastle Jets looked very good. It looked like they needed another little mini preseason of games now because of you know they they were a bit leggy in the end and, and it cost them ultimately. But um, but no, that's yeah, I, it is rhythm is the word. You lose your rhythm, you lose your kind of um, you know the, the good the good path you're on. But uh, I'm sure look, there's no excuses. No, a lot of teams are in the same boat. And they'll all be playing each other pretty soon. So it should even itself up, you know, in this, in these circumstances.
1: I think probably the other difficult thing, Big O, is the fact that uh, it's not the same for every club. So you've got, for example, Sydney with the FFA Cup and their fixtures have been playing pretty much over you know, the last few weeks, whereas the Bulls, we haven't seen them. So I think they're being yeah. in the movies every day. I think Christmas uh, Christmas and school holiday movies, I think they're there every single day with Ante watching a, a new flick. But uh, yeah, look, it's really hard because like I said, Sydney, you know, it, it did derail them because they had two good wins after struggling early on and then they had a break and they, they've they Took had them a to, while to get starting again. It. But whereas the Bulls, you don't know how they're going Going to come out, um, you don't know this. You know tomorrow when they when they come back on the pitch, you don't know how they're going to find their feet. Have they been doing some hard physical work to make sure they're ready, or have they just been doing light work? Because you don't know. You know you can't prepare. It's not like there's three weeks, and you know you're starting three weeks. You could think you're going to play next week, and it gets postponed for two or three weeks. So it's, it's just really difficult.
0: Yep, absolutely, absolutely it is. And and as you said, a couple of teams have, have struggled with that, uh, and other teams have used it to their advantage to, to find a little bit of form you know, from from the
1: rest. I was I was mentioned to a, a few of the, the guests that we've had over the couple of weeks too, that the, the best thing from a player's point of view is you're still getting paid. It's amazing. You're not playing. You're not playing and you get to get go home, maybe go and put up uh, Royo's uh, trampoline, get a yeah. bit of extra cash on the side on top of uh, the salary you're getting. This is fantastic yeah. news. I, I'd love to see, is there a couple of uh, the players on Airtask doing uh, some extra work on top of the contracts they've already got, just <laughs> topping up their base salary? I, I don't
0: know about I, that. I, Oh, job jobbing around the place. Fantastic. Great idea. That's a good initiative. You should start that one up to you. Mate,
1: I reckon the A Leagues. A-league, I reckon A-league, the A Leagues. Yeah, A Leagues, A Tasker. You know, if you, if you want one of your favourite stars to come out and uh, put a baby crib together, or, you know, Josh, you might need oh, that I in the need, coming no, weeks. Need, oh, you, no, just, uh, you just give them a call to your favourite club and uh, you, you agree a price and out they Same come. Amount.
0: Beauty. Hey, by, by the way, by the way, from watching from watching some of the games this year, I think they got a few players from it, Air Tasker.
1: <laughs> you reckon they reverse, They gone the other yeah, way. Yeah, they've
0: gone the other way. They've ah, can he play in the left wing? And yeah, I can play left wing. Yeah, what's the going to say?
1: Yeah, you, you're not bad at putting that uh, wardrobe together. What yeah? What do you like at playing as a <laughs> yeah. centre back? We, there you go, go, to yeah, go yeah. Is that spare
2: one of those ten-day contract and they're cheap as well? So <laughs> I
0: you, give it a go. I give it a go. Yeah, no worries. That's
2: all right, mate. Who's um, played last week. Thoughts on their performance in the uh, 4-0 win against Vietnam?
0: Yeah, look, I think it was exactly the result you would have expected. A the game they're expected to win and score plenty of goals. Um, positives out of the game were, you know, all current or former A-League players scoring goals. That's, that's great. That shows us there is, amongst all the negativity or a little bit of negativity over the Christmas period, that there is a lot of positives, you know, that have come from the A-League and and continue to do so. Um, I thought, you know, McLaren starting up front, they look look more of a threat to Vietnam than they had in the previous game. But I do do think Aaron, he prefers to play Duke against the stronger nations and the more physical nations for whatever reason, that's his prerogative as a coach. Uh, So, you know, I want I'd be interested to see what happens with McLaren Next time out, but uh, overall, look good performance. Good to see Craig Goodwin get a goal. Riley McGree, who's been in great form, and uh, he's really grown as a player in the last eighteen months. And I thought uh, Tommy Rodgick was um, outstanding as well.
1: Mate, I think there is a, a lot of good things happening. Obviously, with uh, you know some of these players that we're expecting big things from, who have you know scoring the goals, and we're getting you know some of these young players from the A League getting a chance. But the two things that I I'm concerned about, and I'd love to get your, your opinions on is the first one being the fact that, okay, we, we're getting a Marco Tilio who is, is good enough to be picked for the Socceroos, but he's not a regular pick week in week out for Melbourne City. You know, there's, there's other players too, like I said, they're good enough to be able to make our national team, but they're not good enough to be getting a start in an A-League team, which I find, you know, a, a bit crazy. And, and the second thing that I, I'd probably touch on is the fact that, uh, which is a concern, is you know it's been a few years now, and we've continuously had our best players, you know, falling out of the top leagues, and now all of a sudden, Boyle's come out now and say he's not playing in Scotland anymore when he's been sensational. He's moving. Is he moving to Asia? He's going to
2: Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia oh, yeah. next year.
1: I, I don't know how we stop this, but you know, players going and playing those leagues eventually you you go from being at a high standard like you are playing in these top levels to within 18 months, you're at a level, which is around, which is the same as the players around you, which is a second string or a third string competition.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look, I I think the game has changed. It's it's very similar to my homeland as well in in Ireland. I think uh, you go back to the the mid to late nineties, there was a lot of Irish players, Republic of Irish players playing in the Premier League week in, week out, you know, clocking up a lot of minutes. Um, We've only got half that amount of players in the Premier League now, and they're at lower level clubs. So you're talking when I'm I'm talking about Paul McGrath, Roy Keane, Dennis Irwin, you know, guys that were playing week out, you know, week in week out for the top clubs, you know, in the Premier League. Right now, we've got guys that are trying to avoid relegation every year, and they're not even guaranteed starters at those clubs. So I think Australia is similar. I think uh, the dynamic of the way the top level league's signed players now. They, they kind of go on a different market. You know, you're, Arsene Menger came in and changed the game uh, from a coach's perspective. He started bringing a lot of African boys and a lot of guys from Eastern Europe, um, you know, and he, he just changed the way people signed players and scouted players. And uh, for the better as well, by the way, the I think the Premier League has gone from strength to strength. But it, it's, it's certainly marginalised Australian uh, and Irish players, in, in a way, because um, it's i suppose—just a, a different market. It's more competitive. It's harder to get in. So that's why you see a lot of Aussies—they they go over and play in, in. You know, your your Holland's, your Belgium's, your Denmark's, and you know—stepping stone up to the top level. You know, uh, and and that's happened historically as well. I think Paul Ocon played in in Club Rouge before he ever went uh, to to Italy and and England after that, but. Um, But I know what you're saying about Boyle. I think you're saying test yourself as long as you can at the highest level because it's going to benefit your country. Yes, I agree with you, 110%. Mm. But uh, I'm sure he's going to Saudi Arabia on six, Mm. seven, eight times his money. And he's got a very short career. And he hasn't had his crack at the big leagues. He's 30 years old. He's probably saying, this is my my chance to kind of... uh, loan the coffers, get a few quid in the bank, pay my bills off so I can retire in peace. Yeah,
2: it's, it's a move that's going to set him up for life rather yeah. than progress his career. I don't, r- I high don't rate level. it. Yeah, I don't rate it, but it, it's, uh,
0: it's hard to say. You, you, we sit here and
2: say, you know.
1: Mate, I had a choice of being on big shows with uh, with big stars or being on here with you, mate, and I've chosen to be on you uh, because I'd rather be down to earth even if I'm getting paid peanuts, right? That's you why stick, you're a good you bloke. St- you stick with the grounded people and the, and the good people. You want to be around good people, but uh, I, haven't prepped, I haven't prepped you for this one, Royo, but while you're talking about uh, those sorts of topics. So obviously uh, the Welsh clubs have an opportunity to play in the Premier League. Scotland are happy to stay on their own. Do you know Mm -hmm. why has Ireland never been interested in trying to, you know, work their way rather than have their own league, which obviously, you know, struggles, it's not a a heavyweight competition, but uh, why have they never had an interest in trying to get themselves into the lower levels and get themselves in there? Because obviously that'd be huge for them if they had a club or two playing in there and then players were able to play for, for Ireland where they're very passionate rather than go and play, you know, in the Premier League for an English club, which maybe is not their first breath.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously look, uh, as you said, uh, we're considered the, the poorer neighbours of the UK in Ireland, a small little country off the coast. But, you know, we, we've produced a lot of Premier League players, a lot of top quality footballers over the years that play worldwide. Uh, there was Wimbledon back in the mid nineties. We're going to, they were going to move to Dublin and they were going to be called uh Would they go the Dublin Dons or something? Uh, They were taking a selling the club to an Irish consortium at the time. Ultimately, if my memory serves me, I think the government rejected it because there would have been a lot of, at that time they said there would have been a lot of hooligans travelling week in, week out into Dublin. There would have been a lot of trouble. We didn't have the infrastructure to handle it. And ultimately it fell by the wayside, as did Wimbledon a few years later. So uh, that was our one little foray. But uh, yeah, I suppose... We should, similar to Australia, it's very hard to compete with the Premier League in regards to branding, marketing, bums on seats, excitement, media coverage. But Australia and Ireland, similar in a way, okay, we're not the the elite competition, but there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to stand on our own two feet and have a competition that people are proud to go and watch and support. Uh, And in fairness, the A League has had that for a long period of time maybe the last five years, that's been diluted for a variety of reasons you know, we, we all know then we could be here all night talking about it but um, yeah look, as I said, I've, I've got great passion for, for, for football in Australia uh, currently it's on a bit of a knife edge in my opinion, I think um, you know, something great could be about to happen, ultimately you know, maybe not you know, that's that's the worry that is it going to get less important to people you know than it, than it has been? And, and that's the fear. I, I wouldn't like to see football go under in this country, you know because things haven't been done right you know um, there's been some, as, I, as I spoke to you the last time, there's been some great ideas' within, you know trying to brand it as a young players' league and, and and you know a bowl of tilios and the the rap song and and all that stuff is really thinking outside the box. Have we now got the characters and the players on and off the park? to carry that plan through and grow it and excite people. I don't know.
1: I think that's concerns shared by a lot of people, not just you. So hopefully uh, the powers that be can to, can work out the right path forward for all football fans in this country. Last time we spoke to you, Perth Glory and Victory, were the two teams that have impressed you so far. Do you still agree with that or have you uh, jumped ship and gone on someone
0: else? No, no, I'm I'm pretty, yeah. I think Victory have been impressive. FA Cup League, yeah, they're they're, they're playing to the Popovich blueprint, no doubt about it. And there's a couple of players that were disregarded, didn't really make the grade, were probably questionable signings. But typical Popovich, they've turned it on and they've looked like his best players, so...
1: May I I wouldn't mind uh, to just uh, jog your memory too. I think last time we were talking about the teams that impressed, I think I said Western United and uh, victory. And I think they're both sitting one and two at the moment. So I, it's not very often that I'm a smart aleck, but I think uh, when I do finally pick a winner, occasionally I, I'd like to just remind the listeners and, and UVIG and uh, Big O that uh, they were my two, my two selections. So uh, we can leave it at that, but uh Mate, moving on to, with their form so far this season, which striker do you want leading your line? Who would you want alongside you to uh, be scoring and banging the goals away for their team? Yeah, well,
0: look, a great question. I suppose, uh, coming off one of my last points, uh, Melbourne victory being the dark horse this year, following the Popovich blueprint. As I said, he signed a few, you know, um, like he always does, a few castaways P- club players that have been discarded or were off form at other clubs. And I, I think the striker so far of the season has been uh, Nick D'Agostino. Um, he's been looking confident. He looks invigorated. Um, he's scoring goals, all types of goals as well. He scored a rocket the other week in in, in the big game at uh, Amy Park. Was it the Big Blue? He scored the uh, the winner. Uh, well, not the winner, but he scored a great goal in that game. Um, and he scored, carried that on in the cup game. You know, he scored tap ins against Brisbane this year already. He's, uh, yeah, he's looking like he's grown into himself. And, you know, last year and the year before at Perth, he, he scored a few, but he never really started many games. Brisbane, they were hoping from the catch fire and, and maybe he didn't live up to expect, expectations as soon as uh, they would have hoped. But certainly under Tony Popovich, who deserves a lot of credit, he looks confident, he looks fit. And uh, yeah, even coming off the bench, I've I seen a few he's not their main number nine. But when he comes off the bench, he, he looks full of energy and, and adding to that as well, I think Robbie Cruz, when he plays with him, Robbie Cruz looks like he's back to himself as well. I think last year he was, by his own standards, probably off the boil a bit, um, you know, definitely below par for him, but he looks like he's finding a bit of form as well. So, yeah, I think that Tony Popovich effect is in, in full flow there.
1: It, uh, they say it changes as good as a holiday, Big O, but uh, it also goes to show how important it is for a coach to get the players that he knows he can work with and he can do something with, because he did look like a fish out of water at Perth, and I don't think a player becomes good or bad overnight, right? It's it's no. you, You're a good player being played the wrong way or you're a bad player that's just not up to it, but I think yeah. you know he, he's really showing what he's capable of. But uh, speaking of strikers, so Mikhail Tatsa at uh, the Jets, I, I, I would love to have seen the two of you together. Have you been impressed by him?
0: Uh, yeah, he, he's been excellent. Excellent. I think he's a very clever player, got good movement. He's quite comfortable dropping into midfield as well. Actually, when I, w- I went to watch him live a few weeks ago, um, and I thought, for me, he was even dropping in too much. He was being too unselfish and trying to carry a lot of load uh, creatively for the team when he should have been more selfish and getting in penalty spot in the six-yard box, and he started to do that, and he's getting his goals. Uh, he's got a good goal against Adelaide yesterday. Uh, him, I think, Pena and Boomer have been really, really good so far, really good acquisitions.
1: Please tell me they gave you free tickets. You didn't have to buy tickets to go to a game, did you? I
0: was actually working. I was I was doing the ambassador's lounge. I was doing the chairman's okay. lounge at the MC, so Beautiful. I was there I was there as a, in, in, with my Newcastle Jets had on as such, I was working for the club that day. But uh, yeah, they played Wellington the same day. It was their best performance of this season. Actually, the men and women. The women won five 0 before. The men won four 0 after. So it was a, a good day at the office for Newcastle Jets. But yeah, t- you're talking earlier on, uh, lads, about you know losing that rhythm over the cancellation cancellation of games over Christmas. Newcastle looked in the last twenty minutes like they they were a team that hasn't played in five weeks and with 20 minutes to go, Adelaide smelt blood, and they kind of ran over the top of them, which you wouldn't have said would have happened Newcastle Jets early in the season with their fitness levels. Sp-
2: speaking of that game and, and speaking of strikers, uh, young Nestori Irankunda yeah. scores a great free kick. Uh, where were you playing at 15 and your thoughts on his talent?
0: Yeah, I was. Uh, well, his talent, what, one thing I saw yesterday, he looks like a huge talent, but he also looks like he can handle pressure. To take that ball for the free kick at 15 years old, when you're t- playing with a team of men, um, that shows a pair of balls, which is <laughs> really impressive. But you have to be very careful. With, you know, he's a kid. You don't want to burn him out. You don't want to put too much pressure on him. He's the next white hope of Australian football. I'd like to see him progress now at his own rate. You know, um, people are very quick to oh, he's the, the next big thing. He's the next prodigy. We found our new Viduka. This, You know, it puts undue pressure and stress on young players. But, um, yeah, look, I, I, I hope he does progress into the what he showed yesterday, the glimpses he sho- showed yesterday when he came off the bench. He was uh, terrific and, and good on him. Good on him. He's from a good family, obviously. He's a, a good, strong character. But you're asking me where I was? I was... Uh, Were you just taking
1: free kicks at 15 in the first ah, team?
0: Ah, I don't know. I, I'm not, I, I I. don't think I was even talking to the first team players when I went to England at 15. Uh I was I was in awe. I was in awe of these guys. The likes of John Aloisi and that were in the first team at, at Coventry when I went there. And, uh, yeah, a, a hello in the morning made my day. You know, I was doing their boots and I was just getting <laughs> on with life and being away from home. But, um, yeah, for him to pick the ball up and say, get out of my way, I'm taking this. And I'm knocking it over. Jermyn uh, and Elsie, some big timber in there, some experienced timber and put it in the in the, in the top bin. Good on him. And um, as much as it pains me to to see Newcastle lose, it was a great story, really. It's a great story to see young young guys making the breakthrough. Maybe not even the young guys we were expecting to make the break breakthrough, you know?
1: Who knows? If you'd learned how to do one of those somersaults, maybe they would have started <laughs> letting you take free kicks and uh, and things when you were 15 too. But, uh, <laughs> mate, it's too, it's too late to teach you it now, but uh, maybe we could pass it on to uh, some of the younger players coming through the regs.
0: Next gen. Next gen, mate. That's it
1: mate just before we let you go by the season to date who do you think's repaid their money this far into the season already who's who's the player that you think uh you know they've they've earned their dollars already
0: yeah look it's very hard to go into any new team um and and establish yourself straight away It's very difficult uh you know you have to you have to get away from football you got to get to know the area you got to get to know the culture of the club it's very very rare. Someone comes into a club and instantly just hits the ground running. Uh, and in saying that, that's where I think Adelaide have done good business. They haven't signed a lot, but getting Craig Goodwin back at the end of last year, back in the last year, was a, a great signing. Um, obviously, they know him at the club. He knows the A League inside out, and he's a player at the moment. I think is in the you know the prime of his powers. He looks really good every time I've seen him this year really confident, really direct and uh, great news not only for the A-League, but I think for Socceroos as well. I thought, you see the elation in his celebration last week for the Socceroos was terrific to see that emotion um, someone to play with genuine emotion you know, I think uh, you know, people, everything is stage managed in today's game, all over the world you know, nobody shows the true personality nobody interviews the way they would talk to you off camera But uh, to see someone like that score a goal, he's almost in tears because it actually did mean something to him. Yeah, it's great to see. And yeah, for me, he's been the signing of the season uh, hands down
1: what's impressed me with Adelaide too, is it seems like they've got the same sort of theory as man city is if you, if you've got better opportunities or you don't want to be at the club, they're happy to let them go. They've let, it looks like Stefan walk. If he hasn't already gone, he will go Halloran's left. And you don't want to keep players who don't want to be there. You want players that want to be busting you know, at the seams to throw on your Jersey and go out there and give their all for the club and the fans. So, you know, and, and they've done that, but they've also brought in some players, you know, I think hero scored again yesterday. You've, you've now blooded, you know, a 15 year old. So I think things are looking good for Adelaide, but, uh, Mate, thank you very much again for your uh, expert opinions. Uh, We wish you all the best in the coming weeks uh, with Sydney Olympic and hope you can keep banging some pre-season goals away. We are, we're also putting our hand up, mate, if when the in-laws go back next week and you do need someone to help out with uh, Mm -hmm. Betsy and Alfie, uh, VIG, one of us will put our hand up. Me, I've done it a long time ago, but uh, Vig needs some practice because he's having his own very, very soon. So, uh, mate, there's nothing better better than being on the job work experience. Maybe he could be one of our uh, air tasker guys. Maybe you can go out and start doing some babysitting for our uh, Football (laughs) Revolution air tasker. But, mate, once again, absolute pleasure talking with you and we'll talk to you again soon.
0: Cheers, guys. All my pleasure. Thank you. You're listening to the Football Revolution.
1: It's now time for our clinical finish. So first up is our weekly Tom Hamed Award. Uh, and like I said, it's uh, usually our shot of the week or our finish or our, you know, basically something that stood out, especially in an attacking sense. Uh, it was named after you. A little bit too, VIG, for you always coming in, Tom Ahmed. But uh, moving on, so some excellent goals to choose from uh, this week. We've been sport for choice. Previous weeks, it's been a little bit hard to pick the winner, but uh, this week, it's uh, whoever wins, it's going to have earned it. So the two that I'd probably go for would be the man that I'm absolutely a big fan of at the moment. would uh, either be Mikkel Tetsa's uh, acrobatic, acrobatic finish um, versus Adelaide, or it would be rookie Nestori a uh, free kick and then uh, to top it off the fantastic uh, somersault. So they're the two that I think are uh, uh, a great
2: uh, deservance of uh, this week's uh, Tom Hammett award. But uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, both, both very nice goals um, from the same fixture. Um, so if you're up there watching that, watching that live or, or watching on TV. Um, that is you, correct. You, I you,
1: just realized they both both from the you, same game.
2: You, Pay you attention. Were, you were blessed. You were blessed yeah. in that fixture. Some, some great goals. Um Look, I don't think I can go past the, the young fifteen year old coming on, um, you know, taking that ball, uh, stepping up to take that that free kick, and cool cool as you like, you know, putting it over the wall um, into the back of the net, and then uh, just you know stroll off and a couple backflips and a you know somersault.
1: All right, so uh, the, the biggest highlight of his career so far will be that has taken home our weekly Tomahemid Award uh, for the goal of the week. Uh, moving on to this week's key games, and we seem to have a, a massive backlog and a stack of games, not only in, in the league this week, but also the FFA Cup final. So the couple that I'm really looking forward to is Bulls versus uh, Western United tomorrow night. Bulls coming off a, a massive hiatus, Western United coming off a, a good win against the champions. Then on the Saturday night, we have the FFA Cup final, final the victory Lockhorns uh with uh the central coast mariners and the other game i think will be quite interesting will be uh, rusty jets who were good for a large period of game uh, a large period of the game up against uh the raw who seem to find the back of the net and how to win i think that's two and three for them uh on form. the th- on the thursday so um lots of football is there any games that uh, you're looking forward to vig
2: yeah look friday night uh also adelaide sydney fc um always always a good fixture nice grudge match it is and then you know the Wanderers up against Western United again on uh, Saturday afternoon which uh, a massive first game for uh, for Mike Rudin um, and the Wanderers have to turn turn things around the only way is up baby the only way is up They're they're, <laughs> they're at the bottom the bottom of the bottom at the moment Um and they have to they have to get things going there with with the squad they have.
1: Okay, so um, if you've missed the show t- tonight, or you've missed any of the episodes, or you want to go back and have a listen to something that uh, you've already listened to but you really enjoyed, where can they hear the show? Yeah, you can,
2: you can catch us on Football Nation Radio across their platforms, um, and then you can also catch us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts.
1: And uh, this week, I think we've got a special uh, for the the listeners. What are we going to be doing on Friday?
2: Yeah, we're going to drop a a special uh, podcast. Um, We've caught up with uh, Andrew Redmayne. So we'll be dropping that on on Friday before the FA Cup final and, and a little preview on that as well.
1: Okay, so on top of the uh, FFA Cup final preview as well as uh, Socceroos and Sydney FC shot stopper Andrew Redmayne will also uh, be uh, rev- uh, doing a revolution roundup or a mini revolution roundup of the three games that were played up until the Friday. Uh, that will also okay. not only uh, give us give you the listeners an update on that but it'll also free up a bit of time for next week's show where we're going to have an absolute, uh, you know,
2: log ahead of... Smorgasbord uh, of, of football games. Of, of fixtures, so... And, and hopefully some uh, some good news with the Socceroos playing against Oman. Hopefully we get a win there. I was going to say, we do wish uh, Arnie and
1: um, the boys the best of luck against demand, but uh, we'd like to thank our special guest tonight, uh, Ben Wayne, for coming on the show and being such good value. We'd also love to uh, thank very much our uh, our co-host and uh, big friend of the show, Roy OD, for his segment, uh, In the Know with Roy O. We've got some huge guests coming up over the next week, which we're really looking forward to. And like I said, a second show uh, on Friday. So, uh, look, lots to look forward to. We thank you very, much for not only listening to the show but supporting us here at the football revolution and until uh till friday as we say rise up and join the football revolution we'll catch you friday